0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brooks. I'm joined today by Francesco Amesbury. How are you doing, Francesco?
1: Hi, Sam. I'm well, thank you. And I'm starting to really look forward to the Euros, so this should be good.
0: Yeah, only a matter of days away. And uh, Raphael, how are you doing? Raphael Jukobin?
2: I'm good, thanks. Looking forward to the Euros as well.
0: Yeah, well, as, as we record, uh, we're only four days away from the opening game of the Euros, which happens to be Italy. And so this is going to be a Euro special. Been really looking forward to this episode. How it's going to work out, we're going to go through what we feel the starting eleven should be for Italy's opening game against Turkey on Friday night. Uh, start with a goalkeeper. Italy have three options in goal. Uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Alex Mellet. And uh, Siligu, of course, as well. Um, Francesco, I guess this is quite a simple one. Uh, Without putting words into your mouth, I guess you'd go for Donnarumma. Are there any sort of concerns that his club future and what's going on there might play a part in this tournament? Or do you expect him to put that to one side?
1: No, I I don't think there are any real concerns So that's going to be an issue. I think he's going to be focused and he is clearly their first choice. He has been for a long time now. He's got a good, um, you know, relationship with the defenders and I expect him to be to be ready to go. And I, I don't see his future being an issue in this tournament at all.
0: Yeah, seems seems he should probably be able to put it to one side, even though his contract is up at the end of the month with... AC Milan, of course, a lot of um, speculation about where he will go next. Raphael, just um, you know, sometimes in these tournaments, you have to look at the worst case scenario. Uh, if Donnarumma got injured, for example, what do you make of Italy's backup options in goal? We've seen Meret not always be a first choice at Napoli. Sirigu perhaps not very impressive at Torino this year. Is that perhaps a slight cause of concern for Mancini? It might be. Yeah, I think.
2: You know, second choice will probably be Merritt. I think Sirigu really hasn't had that good of a season with Torino. So you know I mean all in I mean all in all, I mean, all, all Merritt is a very good keeper anyway, even if even if he has been benched a few times, I think you know, he has shown that he can be a solid option and you know it it's it's a slight it's a drop in quality compared to Donnarumma, But I think as a second choice, you know, you could do a lot worse
0: yeah so it seems Donna room is pretty much established in that um, that goalkeeping slot for the first game uh, and throughout the tournament we expect um, on to the right back position and I think this one is a, a bit more of a of a tight one i 'll stick with you, Raphael, so that we 're going position for position and uh, Francesco got the goalkeeper slot um, so right back we 've got Alessandro florenzi who spent the season on loan at paris Saint germain and we 've got um Di Lorenzo, who played obviously at Napoli this season, who are you going for at right back, Raphael?
2: I'm going for Florenzi. I mean, there might be a slight bias as a as a league watcher, but I feel like he has been one of PSG standout players in what really has been uh, quite an average season for them. I think mean, Di Lorenzo has been is is an impressive player. I think mean, he's he's done well at, well at Napoli this season, but I think Florenzi has the edge in terms of um, in terms of experience, in terms of what he brings in uh, well in defensive solidity actually at PSG, he's, he's been uh, he's he's been one of one of their standout players and I think he deserves really to be to be rewarded with a starting place. So I would I would go with I would go with him over over Di Lorenzo.
0: Yeah it looks like two solid options for um Italy at right back. Obviously Florenzi slightly more experienced uh, Di Lorenzo as you said Raphael has had a, had a very decent season at Napoli how about you Francesco are you are you going with Florenzi on this one as well or do you disagree
1: no I agree with Raphael I think Florenzi um, is the right choice uh, you have both mentioned how he's a bit more experienced than, than some of the other guys there and I think that is really important going into these big tournaments I, I also like that he's he's kind of street smart you know he He's the kind of guy who knows what to do in different kind of situations. And I really think he does both phases well. Um, Rafael's just mentioned how good he's been defensively for PSG, but he also, I think he's got an excellent cross. He he does get assists and and he does join up with the, you know, with the attacking player really well. So, yeah, I think he's a great option. The other thing I'd like to say about the right-back position is I think... Probably, if I was picking the the players going to the tournament, I would have taken Ladsali, the um, the Lazio right sided player, because he is the kind of player. He's so fast, and he gives you something different. I think one of the one of the things this team lacks a little bit is pace, and he has that in abundance. And he's the kind of player who, if you need to score a goal, you might be able to throw on, and he can make something happen. So. Maybe that's something they, that I would have done differently to Mancini. But at the same time, De Laurentiis has had a great season. And, yeah, I'm with Rafa and you. I think that the Florenzi deserves to start.
0: Do you think Lazzari perhaps missed out because he's been playing in a wing-back role this season um, and we fully expect Italy to go over back four?
1: Uh, I, I'm guessing that that was probably a factor. Um, but even so, I think he is the kind of player who who can change games probably with his pace and if if Italy find themselves in a situation where they need to change a game he would have been a good option I think to bring on from the bench so uh, you know took, I was a little bit surprised that I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that he hasn't played more for Italy already but um, you know it did look like he was starting to to be in kind of Mancini's thoughts going into this tournament and then in the end he, he's not taking him but um, at the same time you know they're left with two really good uh, right-back so you can't criticise that decision too much.
0: Yeah Italy have some really good options at right-back who've missed out um, just thinking of Davide Calabria who was particularly impressive the first half of the season at Milan this year so he can perhaps count himself a little unfortunate um to miss out as well. Uh Going on to centre-backs and Italy have some Excellent centre-backs. I'll I'll stick with you for the first centre-back slot, Francesco. Um, If we run through the five centre-backs Italy have, they have Leonardo Bonucci, Alessandro Bastoni, Giorgio Chiellini, Raphael Toloi and Francesco Acerbi. Uh, So that's three left-footed centre-backs and two right-footed centre-backs. For the right-sided centre-back slot, do you expect Bonucci to get the nod and would, would you give him that position or are you tempted to play two left-footed centre-backs?
1: I, uh, if it was up to me, yeah, there'd be two left-footed centre-backs. Um, so if if we're going position by position from right to left, that, that slot for me would be Chiellini. Um, I do expect it to be Bonucci. I think that's who Mancini is going to go with. But I think Kellini's had a better season... And I want one of those two players to play at least, because I feel like Italy, if you look at their history through tournaments where they've been successful, one of the things that's really given them success is their kind of their street smarts, their experience. And Kiellini is one of those players who really gives you that in abundance. Um, and so I, I think he should be playing. And because of who I'd select, I don't want to do any spoilers, but because of who, who I'd select. In the, in the left-sided centre-back role, I think Cellini would probably be the right side centre-back for me, but I think Mancini will probably go with Bonucci.
0: I have a suspicion I know who you've gone with for the other centre-back role. Um, Raphael, what, what are your thoughts on that right centre-back role? It seems Mancini has a lot of trust in Bonucci. Um, would you stick with Bonucci in that position, or are you also tempted to go with two left-footed centre-backs? And, and why do you think we don't see that many left-footed centre-back pairings? It's quite common to see two right-footed centre-backs but very rare to see the other way around
2: i mean it's probably because there's less left footed centre-backs than there are right foot centre-backs around anyway i think it's simply a case of uh of statistics but i'm mean, looking at the um you know i think you know the, the the argument of experience probably wins out here as well and i think vanucci is vanucci would be my uh my pick as well but then he did seem to have. Um, I think he picked up a knock of some sort in the uh, Czech Republic game. I think it was a knock to his knee. So maybe, maybe he might be a doubt. So that's that we want to keep an eye on. But I think Bonucci would pretty safely be the uh, be the call that Mancini would go for. And I would, I would pick Bonucci as well, just for the sake of, or just for the sake of consistency, really, of not changing too much up before the, before the start of the tournament.
0: And so you said about experience there. Who, Raphael, would you go with as your left uh, centre back?
2: Like, I mean, likewise, I'd go for the experience and just go with Chiellini. I think there's not too much. I think you know you can't change your winning formula. I think Italy. I think they're on. I mean, they're on eight straight clean sheets now in uh, in their international games. And. You know, when you're when you're when you've got a record like that, you don't want to you don't want to tinker too much with it. Even if there are players that probably have been, performed better this season, looking at Bastoni, for example. But when it comes to a national team, when when it comes to that sort of that sort of environment, when you do need you do need you do need to count on experience a lot more. Then yeah, I, th- I think I don't think you can change too much in that in that sense. So yeah, I'd I'd go for the for the uh, Juventus pairing.
0: Yeah, so Fran- Francesco, you've already said you'd go Chiellini as the right-sided centre-back. Who would be your left-sided centre-back?
1: So for me, the Italy's best defender in terms of technical and physical quality is Bastoni. You know? you know, he does everything well. I think he's become a much better defender this year and he's always been really good at uh, his distribution. Um, and he's also picked up quite a bit of experience this year, I'd say, you know, winning the league with Inter. So I think in terms of, uh, you know, we're talking about absolute quality, he is the best. Um, but Rafael makes a really fantastic point. I mean, Bono Chiellini, who have probably been too harshly criticised this season. If you look at what Juve did in the league defensively, I think they were the second best defence by one or two goals in the end. So, you know, we said so many great things about the Inter defence this season and, and we said the Ubers wasn't really up to much. But actually, if you look at what they've done, they they are still playing well. And you can I wouldn't complain too much if and if Cinchillini started for Italy. But I feel like in terms of quality, uh, you know, physical and technical ability, then Bastoni is a bit better than those two guys now. And so, yeah, if I was picking a team, I probably would have him in there.
0: Of course, if Italy want to go to the end of this tournament, they've got to play seven games. Um, so, Raphael, just looking at your centre-back partnership, Bonucci and Chiellini, you know, that is a combined age of 70, I think. Um if we're going to be playing every four days, do you think that perhaps Mancini will look to rotate the centre back partnership a little bit? Normally, you look for an established partnership in these tournaments, but might he need to consider bringing in the likes of Bastoni and Achiby to give Chiellini in particular a break, perhaps?
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, I think the last group game definitely will rotate a lot. I think mean, they've got a relatively simple group stage anyway, so there you can you know you can expect rotation there. I'm not sure about. Um, I mean, the the you know the um, the backup options are good. I'd say, Toloi over over Gianluca Mancini is a bit of a bit of a questionable decision in my in my opinion. If you wanna if you wanna look at the way that Italy play, which is completely different to uh, to Atalanta, I think Toloi is really uh, to using American football phrase, a bit of assistant player. So. I mean that's that that might be questionable, but I think definitely I'll use um I'll use Acerbi and Bastoni in probably the final group game just to get some rotation in.
0: Yeah, of course, if Italy do win their opening couple of games, then there will be um, room for rotation. So I think Mancini will be hoping that they can get those early victories, and that and then that will give them the opportunity to to uh, perhaps rest some players. Uh, moving on to the left-back position. Francesco, uh, for this position, we've got Leonardo Spinazzola and we've got Emerson Palmieri. Um, would it be fair to say this is perhaps a weak area for Italy? And who gets the nod at left-back for you?
1: Um, I would disagree with that. I think that Spinazzola... It would be Spinazzola for me, definitely. There's no question. Um. And I feel like he's he's having he's having another good season. I mean, it's been two or three years now that he's been really good. I think he's been Roma's best player this season. I think they missed him towards the end of the season when he picked up an injury. Um, and he's one of the things that I really like about Spina is that he's he's fast and he goes past players. And the other thing I think you need to consider with the left back position is. I think Lorenzo Insigne is one of the best wingers in the world at in, at bringing his left back out and involving him in attacking play. And we've seen on numerous occasions with Italy how he's managed to do that at Spinazzola. I think I remember the, the game, one of the games against Holland. I think in Holland, where Spinazzola was Italy's best player. And a lot of that was to do with the relationship he has with Lorenzo Insigne. I think they're really well matched. They, they bring a lot to that left-hand side. And so for me, there's no question that Spinazzola should be started. And I think he might be one of the surprise players of the tournament. You know, he's not that well-known outside of Italy and he has been performing really, really well. He, he brings a lot to the team. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a weakness. If Spina Tulli is there and if he's fit, that's the other thing because he's picked up a couple of injuries this season. Um, you know, the last one was, I think, in the return leg against Man United. So it wasn't that long ago. And hopefully, you know, he, he is completely fit again and, and he'll be ready to go because... I think he could actually be a big player for Italy in, in the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, the main reason I was talking about it perhaps being a weakness was for that reason. Spinat Sola's had his fitness issues and of course Emerson Palmieri has barely played at all this season at Chelsea. Um, Raphael, do you agree that Spinat Sola's the right the right guy for uh, the left back position?
2: I would agree, yeah. I think he's he is being slept on a bit just in, in terms of the um the general football public, I think. He's gone on the radar that m- mainly because of his injuries as well. But he's he's had a good season and yeah, I, I think I think he'll be very important to Italy. So uh, yeah, I mean he's he's clearly the uh, he's clearly the number one option. I've I have not watched enough of Chelsea this season to judge if, if Emerson would uh would bring something different to the table, but I think Spinozola's a no brainer.
0: You don't need to have watched <laughs> any of Chelsea. He hasn't he hasn't been playing, Rafael. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the, I mean, what I would say about that is that um, I he doesn't play at all for Chelsea, does he? But no, when he has played for Italy. He has actually looked okay. You know, he's not. Yeah, like I, I, ad-
0: I don't mind Emerson as a player at all. Actually, I liked him when he was at Roma.
1: I mean, at the moment, there's quite a bit of talk of him coming back to Serie A. Uh, I think I, I think Inter are interested, um, and I think he is the kind of player who. Who should be playing more for a team? I don't know if he's a he's a top level left back, but I think he's he's not terrible. And if they did have to play him, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world.
0: Yeah. So we, we've got our defense sorted there. We we could have two left-footed centre backs and a right footed left back. So that's that's excellent. That'll be causing some people fits, but I quite like that one. Um going into the midfield and I think Italy's midfield is mouthwatering. To be honest, Um, we're going to start with that holding midfield position, Raphael. Um, Who would you have just in front of the back four?
2: I think the I think the clear option really is Jorginho. He's from what I've seen, he's clearly been uh, he's clearly having a good season. He was good against the Czech Republic as well, and I think I mean there are you know the options. I mean Inter's entire midfield is probably the best in the tournament in terms of the depth of options that they have and the quality that, that there is there. Um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see actually. I th- I think Jorginho will be uh will be the starter but Verratti I think mean, he's had his fitness issues uh lately this uh, these past few weeks so he might be a doubt. So I, I would go for Jorginho and I think that's that's gonna be the uh, gonna be the number one option.
0: Yeah, it seems that Mancini likes Jorginho. Um as you said, Jorginho's had a very solid season. Um, you know, perhaps a couple of iffy displays at the back end. I'm I'm thinking that near own goal against Arsenal. I don't know if you guys saw that one and um what uh I don't think he was great in the FA Cup final against Leicester, but overall a solid season. Do you agree, Francesco, that he's the obvious choice in that holding role?
1: Yeah, no question. Um, I think he's he's so highly rated in Italy as well. And I think justifiably so. I think he he has struggled a little bit of time since he's been in the Premier League. But he even in the Premier League now, we are starting to see some really good performances from him. So, uh, yeah, without question, he's, he should be starting. And I I think, you know, Raphael's mentioned a couple of the other midfielders there. One of the things that Giorgino is so good at is getting the other midfielders to play. Um, and he has a really good relationship with some of them. So, yeah, I think Giorgino is definitely going to start providing his fit.
0: Sounds good to me. And uh, we're going to push slightly higher up the pitch then. Uh, Italy playing that 4-3-3 formation, of course. So we've got two midfielders, uh, Francesco, can you name the first of your midfielders that you're going to go with? Um, Just to point out the options that you have, just in case there are people who are unaware, you can pick Nicolo Barella, Brian Cristante, Manuel Locatelli, um, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Marco Verratti, or Matteo Pessina, who's been called up uh, due to Stefano Sensi pulling out due to injury. Yeah, so
1: the first one, uh, kind of the right side of the of the midfield three would be Barella for me. Uh, again, no no question. Um, he's had another great season with Inter. I think he's been a fixture in the Italy team for for quite a long time, considering how old he is. And yeah, you just totally trust the guy. Um, he seems ready for, for everything all of the time. I think he's one of the things that he brings to the midfield that maybe some of the other midfielders don't have is his dynamism. I think he will get up and down. He's got lots of energy, but also... He's good with his feet. And so, you know, he, he fits in with the with the technical players that they have in there as well. And yeah, he's, um, you know, another great season. I, I can't, it, he, if he's fit, he'll definitely be starting.
0: Yeah, he's just exactly the player you want in your team, isn't he? I think um, it's unquestionable that he starts. Um, I mean, I'll come to you, Raphael, because maybe you can question it. But um, do you agree that borella's a definite starter this Friday as long as he doesn't pick up in late injury?
2: Yeah, I can't complain about that, that choice. I think he's he's been he had a sensational first half of the season, then dropped off slightly in the second half, but still on the whole a very good season. Uh, he won the won the prestigious GIFN award as well, so I think he'll definitely be wanting to you know off the back of that have a great tournament. And I think he's definitely going to be yeah, he's he's definitely going to be first choice for me.
0: Yeah, he also won Serie A um, midfielder of the year award, although they also gave Defender of the Year to Christian Romero. So I don't know how seriously we can take that. And that's not a go at Christian Romero. I like Christian Romero. He's had a solid season, but he was not the best defender in Serie A this year. Um, and I'll take that to my grave. Um, so Rafael, I will stick with you. Who's your final midfielder? And to point out, Marco Verratti has been injured recently. I think Mancini said he was hopeful he would be fit for that first game, but would you rush Verratti back in, or would you perhaps go with one of the other midfield options that Mancini has at his disposal?
2: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush Verratti in. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know what the uh, what the nature of his injury is uh, completely, because of the extent of it, but I think it would be too risky to. Uh, Know, to, to rush him back, especially knowing the quality uh, that he has and how important he can be in the rest of the tournament. So I think you know they have enough they have enough quality in the in the midfield to not have to risk a player in the you know in the opening few games of the tournament. So I think a player like Lorenzo Bellarini would you know be the be the wise choice for the opening game if uh, if Ratti's not available. I think he's had he had a fantastic season at, um, at Roma. He's been Roma's best player, I'd say, and he's been good when he when he when he's when he's played for Italy. I think sort of the the left field choice would be to stop Matteo Pessina. I think he does deserve a, a run out in the national team as well, even though he was only called up at the last minute. But I mean, the fact that he is the fact that he wasn't Mancini's first choice means that. he's definitely not gonna uh, not gonna start at least until the the last group game so I think Pellegrini would be my choice
0: interesting okay and uh, Francesco so you've got Verratti, uh who who you could squeeze into your team you've got Pessina, who I know I know you're a big fan of from atalanta uh Locatelli or Pellegrini who are you going for for that final midfield slot
1: well I agree with rafael that if Verratti's fits then He should play, Uh, and also I also agree that if he's not fit, then they should definitely be saving him. Because I think Verratti is probably the only Italian player who plays in every team in the world, he starts in every team in the world. I think he's a fantastic midfielder, and in the bigger, he's also got quite a big, a bit of big game experience. You know, recently he's played a lot of Champions League football. And he's, he's got a big personality. He is the kind of player who, could, who can turn up in the big matches. So, you know, hopefully Italy will get through the group if he's not fit without needing him. And and then it would be great if he's ready for the, you know, for kind of the bigger, for the bigger games. If he is fit, however, I'd play him straight away. Um, in terms of the sub of, of sub, who you'd sub in if he's not ready, then I probably disagree slightly with Rafael. I like I like Pellegrini. I think he's also quite underrated. If you look at his numbers, especially he gets lots of assists, lots of goals. But um, I probably would go with either Pessina or even Locatelli. I know that Locatelli is probably more of a deep line midfielder, but he has played that position before for Italy. I remember having a, a really good game against the Netherlands not too long ago, kind of playing in that role. And I think you know either one of those, you know, any of those three would, would be good enough to, to substitute uh, Verratti in the group stages. You would hope so anyway. So, yeah, that, that's, that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, certainly so many great options for Italy in that midfield. And just talking about that midfield in general, Francesco, is that for you the strongest midfield in the tournament or is there another side with as strong a midfield as that?
1: I think... Italy's strength, um, when, they, when they have those starting midfield three, Giorgino, uh, Veratti and Barella, uh, you know, there probably are other midfields who, who in terms of absolute quality, are, are as good, but the way they play together, they seem to really hit it off with each other. And the way they play with their wingers as well, especially in Signa on the left hand side, I, th- I think that the, the kind of relationship between Giorgino, Verratti and e reminds me a lot of the, of the Napoli, you know, Sari's Napoli When So instead of Verratti, you have Hamsik in there and the kind of amazing football that Napoli played that season. Italy, sometimes they, they do remind you of that team uh, and especially on that kind of axis. So I think in terms of the way they play together, they have really been one of the best midfielders in the world. Obviously, there, there are other countries in this competition with some pretty decent midfielders.
0: Yeah, I think uh, in terms of just looking at the tournament, it's going to be hard to outperform that Italy midfield. Though I think I think if Italy is struggling, that midfield could keep them in, could keep them in a lot of games. Um, and now we move on to the front three, then, and perhaps the right wing position is maybe the most debatable because you've got some good options on the right wing. Um, I'll come to you first, Raphael, and we'll have plenty of discussion over this, I'm sure. Um, Realistically I think there's three options. You've got Domenico Berardi from Sassuolo, you've got Federico Bernardeschi from Juventus, and you've got Federico Chiesa also from Juventus. Who would you pick to play on the right wing?
2: I think um, looking at how well the fun free they played against the uh, Czech Republic, looking at how well they, you know, they sort of connected with each other and how how well they played off each other. I think I would start those three again for the for the opening game so that would be my choice would be peradi i think bernardeschi isn't you know isn't starting material even though he's 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 better than what what a lot of people give him credit for but yeah he's 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 a a serviceable player and he's he's not going to be the but he's not going to start i think chiesa chiesa's had a had a you know he's had a great season and he's he's been Probably the standout player at Juventus, uh, the bright spark throughout the campaign. But yeah, I think Barardi. Looking at how just how well he slotted into the team, I know it's a you know it's a friendly sort of preparation game, so you can't draw too many conclusions from it. But he did seem like he had a very good understanding with uh, with Immobile and Insigne throughout the game. So I, I would I don't see any reason to change that.
0: Yeah, certainly a contentious position because um, I think it sort of depends on international form a little bit because obviously this season, Bernadeschi has, you know, not played that much for Juventus, particularly in the last few weeks, Um, whilst Chiesa, as Raphael said, has been a bit of a figurehead at Juventus. But uh, for Italy, Bernadeschi has always played fairly well and Chiesa perhaps hasn't, Quite replicated his club form. So, how how are you on this one, Francesco? Who are you going for on the right way? I'm
1: I'm also going for Berardi. I think um, it's it's very it, it's a for me it's a very difficult choice between Berardi and Chiesa. But what I like about Berardi is he's he's an unusual winger. He picks up interesting positions, and I think he he has the potential to work. And already had you know he's already shown how well he works with the other creative uh, players that Italy have in their midfield and and their attack. Like uh, Rafaels just said, he seems to already have a good relationship with Marbula and senior, but also he fits in perfectly to the kind of football that Jorginho and Verratti and Barella want to play. And I also think because of the style of player he is, he brings in. He, he's got. He's more likely to bring in um, uh, to bring in Florenzi, uh, kind of on overlaps, underlaps, and that could be important for Italy. And the other thing that Berardi does is he gives you another option on dead ball situations. He's he's a really good free kick taker, excellent corners, lots of assists and goals this season. So, yeah, it would be uh, Berardi for me. But at the same time, I think Chiesa has something that some of the other players, some of the other Italian players lack, which is genuine speed, you know. And maybe he is the kind of player you could throw on and he'd give you a bit more when, when teams are tired. So, yeah, I'd start with Berardi, but it's really close between him and Chiesa.
0: Yeah, I think that's a call that perhaps Mancini will be stewing over um, up until the final couple of days before this tournament gets underway. Uh, Over on the left wing, it seems a bit of a simpler decision. Um, Stick with you, Francesco, to start off this one. Is it Lorenzo Insigne? Is there any doubt over this one? It was his 30th birthday on Friday, the day of the Czech Republic game. He was outstanding, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I think he is one of Italy's most underrated players, certainly outside of Italy. I think he's a fantastic footballer. And um, so much of what Italy does well seems to go through him. Um, you know, I think more and more he's he's replicating his Napoli form for the national side. And yeah, there's no question that he should be starting. He's uh, another solid season, lots of goals, lots of assists. And he, is, he, he seems to be a very popular figure, more and more leader within the team, but also he seems to have a really good footballing relationship with the players that play around him. I've already mentioned how important he could be in tandem with um, Spinazzola on the left for Italy, but also the relationship he has with Verratti, with Jorginho, you can really see it. And yeah, he's been excellent for Italy for a long time now and he should definitely be starting.
0: Yeah, I remember under under Ventura, Insigne actually struggled to get into the side due to the sort of system that he played. But under Mancini, uh, Insigne has been, you know, an ever-present. Um, any arguments from you, Raphael? Can't think of any. I think Insigne has <laughs> been the, the standout player in the
2: last few games as well. So... Yeah, I can't really see any argument against that. It's, it's it just seems like that he's got a great relationship with Immobile, um, not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. It seems uh, they seem to be getting along really well. I mean, I mean they're both they're both Neapolitans and they've they've got that got that connection. So I think I think mean, Insigne Immobile is going to be a, is going to be sort of a tandem to look out for as well. In terms yeah, of like, the other in terms of... sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> just in terms of Italy, sort of. Goal scoring output. The
1: other thing I was going to say about the relationship that that Insigne has with with uh, Immobile and also with um, Veratti is that they their kind of breakthrough season all happened under Zdenek Zeman at Pescara instead of B when when they had an amazing season. Kind of I must be ten years ago now, maybe maybe more than that. So they've known and played with each other for a long time, and you can see how you know, how they speak the kind of same footballing language. And, yeah, Italy have been a joy to watch recently, uh, kind of for a while now. And it's, you know, I hope that they can replicate the form going into the tournament.
0: Yeah. And of course, uh, Immobile and Insigne even happy to sing on live TV together. So... um yeah, great relationship between those two. I don't know if you I I well, I mean, I don't think you could have missed what was going on last week. What uh just for a bit of fun, what did you make of that, Francesco? The singing and the dancing with the squad announcement.
1: Just fantastic television, Sam.
0: Yeah, what, it, what it was it was high class television, yeah.
1: Just the more of that we have, you know, the I just think the better it is for the world. Not just the football world, the whole world.
2: Yeah, I think it, I, they didn't even they didn't even show the uh, show the score at the end of the show. It was three hours of just singing and dancing, and then they just ended it.
0: Yeah, and I think was everyone was sort of going night. like, OK, so what's the squad then? Um, I know that in, in England, obviously, it was announced at like 5pm, I think it was, what England's final squad was. And I know that everyone was, was going, oh, why are they dragging it out so long? But then Italy took it to a new level, right to the dot at 11 o'clock, and then don't even announce the team. <laughs> which is, yeah, The team was secondary. We're all having a sing-song and a dance. Mancini's waving his hands about, so great fun um, but back to slightly more serious stuff we're now going to pick who the striker would be and I think we can agree this has been a, a bit of a problem position for Italy in the last couple of years in terms of they've got some excellent strikers but they haven't really replicated their club form on the international stage so we have um, we have Andrea Bellotti we have Ciro Immobile and we have Raspadori, who is a bit of a wild card selection I think most people would think. so I'll come to you first Raphael uh, I, I think you have sort of given the game away already, but who who would you start on Friday in the lone striker role and and why?
2: Yeah, I mean, I know uh, I know Moby has had his criticism in the national team for sort of underperforming a few times, but I think I think it's a, uh, it's a pretty obvious selection. I think but Bellotti is a very very good replacement. I think he would definitely hold his own as as the starting striker anyway, but. I think you know a player of Immobile's quality and the way that he can play off from um, off Insigne and Juan Verratti, as we mentioned I think makes him a pretty obvious choice. I like the sort of narrative that's going around about Raspadori being the new Paolo Rossi about potentially having a having a breakout tournament which could be a uh, could be interesting but I mean, that's a, that's a wishful thinking I think <laughs> I think it's going to be Immobile and uh, Belotti is going to come in in the sort of in the final final group game. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, seems seems that's probably likely to be the case. Are, are you also going with Immobile, eh, Francesco?
1: I think Immobile would start. I I personally prefer yeah. Belotti. I think he's more suited to the way Italy played because I think, although although Immobile has started to play be better for Italy and score more goals recently, and I, I agree with Raphael that he is too harshly to criticised sometimes. Um. One of the problems he has is I think Italy player the football that Italy plays quite different to what Lazio do, and he has less space to run into and that kind of harms tempers his game a little bit. I think Bellotti is is kind of better in the penalty area and I expect Italy to have a lot of possession and be in the opposition half quite a bit. And so because of the kind of player he is, probably more suited to the to the football. You mentioned Raspadori as well. I think Raspadori is perfectly suited in terms of his the way he plays to the way Italy play um and yeah i wouldn't mind seeing seeing him getting some game time um we'll see we'll see what happens i mean if you think about it, Sassuolo play a very similar game to Italy it's kind of a similar formation they they have the ball a lot so yeah i i, I could see um Laspadori, you know certainly coming on off the bench and maybe having an impact
0: yeah, it's going to, going to be interesting. I, I think the Mancini will go with Immobile, as, as we've alluded to. But um, certainly three good options that Italy have there. Um, and, and they'll probably all get their go at some point during the tournament. So you both picture 11s for the tournament. Not too many differences, actually. It seems uh, that you guys are, are quite aligned with what Mancini's likely to go with. Um, so I'm going to put it out there. How far do you think... Italy going to go in this tournament? I'll start with you, Francesco. Um, how do you see the tournament panning out for them?
1: I am quietly confident that they could get to the semi-finals. Um, I think once you're in the semi-finals, you're probably going to have to play a very good side. But, you know, Italy are pretty good and I think they'd have a chance even then. But if you if you pushed me on it, so where exactly they'd get to, I'd probably say semi-finals.
0: Okay, semi-finals. What about you, Raphael? Do you think uh, all the way to the final, or maybe not quite as far?
2: I think they've got a the chance to go all the way to the final. Actually, there's not that many teams that are better than them in terms of in terms of general quality, in terms of form as well. Um, yeah, obviously, you've got you've got the likes of France, the likes of Germany, who who are probably slightly better teams, but. On the day, on the day, and, you know, in a in a big tournament, anything can uh, anything can happen. We saw that in two thousand six. So, yeah, I, th- I think they can go all the way to the final. It it does depend on them. Um, it does obviously depend on who they who they get in the knockout stages. I think um, the you know the different permutations that the uh, that would happen and what side of the uh, of the draw they'd be in, depending on if they finish first or second. I think if they finish, uh, if they finish first, and they'd be in the same, likely to be in the same side of the draw as Belgium, Portugal, England, the Netherlands, and France, which would be quite a hard, uh, quite a hard sort of side of the draw to get out of compared to if they finish second. So that's uh, something to take into account. But I think on the day they can, they can definitely reach, they can definitely reach the final. On put aside, put aside any team.
0: Yeah, I think uh, ahead of that Czech Republic game on Friday, I think a lot of people were sort of maybe not really paying that much attention to Italy, but I think uh, a lot of people have sort of woken up to how much of a threat they could possibly be. Um, you know, looking at the bookmakers' odds, it seems that perhaps sort of England, France and Belgium are the three favourites. You know, England obviously have... Quite a bit of home advantage in the tournament, and and Belgium and France are the two top-ranked sides in the world. Um, so, Francesca, what, what what do you what do you think? Do you think Italy are dark horses, or are they a bit better than that? Are they live contenders right from the start for you?
1: Yeah, I'd say they're a bit better than dark horses. Um, you know, the teams you've mentioned there, I think Italy can definitely compete with those sides, um, and. I mean, it, Raphael was saying it's it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen because all the different permeations, especially with the third-place teams coming out of some of the groups. But on, <clears throat> I think on my... I kind of tried to work out what, what Italy's route would be based on what other teams might do. And if they get out of the group, they uh, if they win the group, which they're favourites to do, then they would play the Ukraine probably in the next round. And I think they'd be, so, you know, they'd definitely be favourites to come through that. And then they get to the quarterfinals, probably play someone like, it looks like Portugal. Or I mean, this is all very up in the air, it can change, but I'd kind of be confident if Italy played Portugal or the Netherlands, um, you know, even Spain, Germany. I don't see that there's a big difference. Obviously, there's a good sides, but I don't see there's a big difference in quality between Italy and those sides. And I think the way Italy have been playing recently, they'd, they'd have a good chance of winning those games. I think, to me, the team that are probably a little bit ahead of everyone else are France, and I think that would be a difficult game, but still not impossible for Italy to win that game. And um, I think alongside France, probably not as as good on paper, I'd have England. Um, and the other thing about those two sides is, uh, compared to the Italy team, they they have a lot of kind of athletic quality. They have some really quick players, maybe something that Italy lacks. So... You know, they'd probably be two really tough games, but but at the same time, I don't think there is a side in the competition that I think are, are so much better than, than Italy that that they wouldn't have a chance. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident, and I'd say they're definitely more than dark horses.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um, certainly after as I say Friday's result, uh, people really waking up to. Italy being back in contention, having not even made, obviously, the last World Cup. But, um, Raphael, if there are any concerns for Italy going into this tournament, what do you think they are? You know, is there maybe a player who they just simply cannot afford to lose? Or, or you know, the age of some players, is that a concern? What, what maybe worries you? I think Marco Verratti's absence does
2: sort of limit them. Uh, in a lot of ways, but I think the level of his replacements might, you know, probably um, sort of covers up the uh, covers up the cracks. So I think that's that is a concern, but not as much as um, not as much as uh, not as, much as it could be. I think in terms, I mean, in terms of players that they really in other positions that they were uh, they would they would miss. I think Insigne doesn't really have a player, a like for like replacement uh, not just in terms of quality in terms of playing style uh, in terms of how he facilitates the uh, the strikers whether that's immobile or someone else so that that would be a big loss but i think in general it Italy's not a team that it's not one it's not a one man team and it's not a team that would completely collapse without one, one of their players like a lot of other teams would um, who, who are also in the tournament so there are there are a few causes for concern but overall nothing that would be nothing that would be disastrous so i th- i think you know across the board italy are a solid team in all, in all the positions so yeah there's not there's not too much cause for concern i think it would really just be on the day maybe a few players in that team don't have that much high level experience uh, compared to a team like France, for example, who are coming off a, a World Cup win, or um, or England, so that might be an issue. But I think all in all, nothing, nothing too serious.
0: Yeah, that's a good point about a high, a, you know, tournament experience in particular. Italy haven't been in a major tournament for five years. Um, you know, the squad that they took to Euro 2016 wasn't particularly outstanding either. So yeah, that could be a factor. How, how about you, Francesco? Any any potential concerns for you?
1: I'm worried about the group stage in terms of Italy being, you know, ready and fully focused for it. So everything is going so well for them. It has been for a while now They, you know, they haven't lost for I think it's 26 or 27 matches and it's a group that on paper they should win, but at the same time the teams in it are, are solid international teams. You know, Switzerland. Uh, turkey They've had some good form recently, some good victory, some good results. And even Wells, who you probably say are a little bit weak in those two sides, have some good players. You know, um, we know how much Gareth Bell cares about playing for Wells. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's had a pretty poor time in Italy, but I'm sure that he's going to want to show the Italians what he can really do. So even uh, all three of those sides, I think potentially are uh, a banana skin. And, um I just, you know, there's so much kind of enthusiasm for the tournament. I feel like there's a lot of confidence in the Italian side. I just hope they don't underestimate the group stage because it could complicate not just getting out of the group itself, but also going forwards. Raphael's already mentioned that the route to the final can be much more difficult depending on kind of which side of the draw you, you end up on. So I hope they're focused from the beginning and they show their quality from the beginning. Um, that would be the big concern for me.
0: Yeah, of course, that opening game against Turkey uh, is is no walkover. We saw Turkey quite recently beat uh, the Netherlands in World Cup qualifying um, for next year. So, you know, and and of course, they have some players that we've seen over in Syria. I'm thinking Demiral, Chalhanoglu, players like that. So, um, yeah, certainly shouldn't be a cakewalk on Friday for Italy. Um going to finish off by asking you both. I'll uh, come to you first, Raphael. <laughs> Can you name one key player for Italy? one player who you think is going to be their standout player this tournament?
2: I'd say Insigne. I think um you know, like I said, he's he is the not not focal point in the in the striker sense that sort of Mobile would be, but he is uh, he is that create he is a creative spark and he is wait. Well, He's a player who can create something from nothing, which is, you can't really say about most of the other the other players in that attack, so I think he's going to be the standout player for Italy this tournament and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people who maybe haven't been paying attention to, uh, to Napoli or, or Insigne.
0: He seems to be absolutely at his peak. Um was really flying on Friday in particular. I saw there was a bit of a package of his highlights from the game, uh, some some lovely sort of flicks and tricks um, to go with his performance. Uh, how about you, Francesco? Are you also going with Insigne or, or someone? Uh,
1: here? I had thought Insigne, but um, you know, just to give, give another name, I think Verratti, uh, we've, we've already said how important he can be for Italy and what, what a quality player he is and uh, I think both of those players are going to be really important. I, th- I think the whole midfield, really, that midfield three, if they play well, you've already said it, Sam, you know, what a big deal they could be. And uh, I'll just mention Kellini as well. I think in previous tournaments, when Italy have had success, it's often been about being the most street smart, kind of the most cynical, doing the things that need to be done. And he's kind of a master of that. And um, hopefully he'll give some of that to the rest of the players as well. Um because, you know, when it gets difficult, he's, you know, that's when he really kind of steps up. So yeah, I'd say Chiellini as well is, is going to be important his experience.
0: Yeah, of course he, he was important when Italy made that final nine years ago at the Euros and they'll be hoping to go one step better this time. We'll have to see it all kicks off in only a few days time um, and we'll be keeping an eye on it throughout the tournament and, and, doing some more podcasts as the tournament progresses seeing how Italy gets on so thanks a lot for joining me Francesca and Raphael and uh, thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you during the tournament enjoy it guys thanks bye-bye